Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Test at home with results in 15 minutes with Helgen COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Tuesday the 12th of April. It's just after 6 o'clock. Hope you're having a good Tuesday wherever you are. Thanks for tuning in. Baz and Izzy, Tony Kemp, Louis Herman, what in the house? And Joe's lucky I'm down here. Anyway. Going to rip into our show. What do we got coming up this morning? To start the show, we're going to catch up with Kempi's mate. Just after second, uh, 7 o'clock, I must say, League Hardman, Tawara Nico, played 378 first-class games in league, and he is one of the hard men. Played for the Storm, Cronulla Sharks, Bankstown Bulldogs. He's done it all. The Tigers... As well, so we're gonna have a wee chat to Tawara Nico just after seven o'clock about league and what he's been up to lately. And then following that, we're gonna talk some NBA. NBA crunch time is upon us. The, the reason why teams grinded out 80 odd regular season games, playoffs, playoffs are amongst us, are, are among us. I must say, the Lakers are nowhere to be seen. They're out. A stacked team. The Lakers. They are always there or thereabouts come playoffs. They are not there. They are gone. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Camelo Anthony. Star-studded team, but nowhere to be seen. So we're going to have J- Michael J. Dwight uh, from the United States going to come on and just tell us a little bit more about what's going on in the NBA and the teams that are on fire. Miami Heat, number one seeds uh, in the East, in the West, I must say. And then you've got the, the Phoenix Suns. The other number one seed. So there's some teams that haven't been in the playoffs for a long time that are there or thereabouts. So it's good to see. And then after eight, we will have a good catch up with Baz Skip McCullum, who had who has been leading his KKR team in the IPL. They're currently sitting second on the ladder behind the Rajasthan Royals, and uh, we're going to have a good catch up with him. They've got a week off over in Mumbai, so he's been playing golf today and doing a bit of team bonding, barbecuing. So we catch up with him just after 8 o'clock. And then 8.40, we're going to open up the phone lines and we want to hear from you. We want to chat to you, not only then, throughout the morning. If there's anything that you would love to chat about, let us know on double eight double three because 
yesterday. We've already had a message come straight through from six at six oh two from Charlie. And we're going to have a chat about this, lads. I'm going to say good morning, and then I'll rip into this text message. After the, that review into the Black Ferns rugby, how can Glenn Moore possibly still be in charge of the team? Mind-boggling. That was from Charlie, and you said the same thing last night, Kempi, on the WhatsApp machine, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good morning. morning. And, uh, good morning. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was crazy, the review. I read the review, too, um, which was sent through, through us, I guess, uh, just to get our heads around it. I sort of couldn't make sense of 26 changes um, required or 26 recommendations and the coach retain his role. Um, mm. So it wasn't just the coach. I, I guess if what they were talking about f- for me was a high-performing um, structure and yet they stuck with the same performing structure that uh, that went into review. It should. I, I think mm. part of that review should have been um, we need to assess the current structure and then decide whether or not it, it can deliver on the 26 recommendations. So I totally agree with Charlie. I was left a little bit dumbfounded um, because the, the article read, we've had this review and named all the people on it um, mm. who did the review, and then right at the back end of it, which people tend to remember, was the coach talking about what he's going to do taking the team to the World Cup. It sort of brushed over everything really quickly, and I, I thought, you know, that was a, a pretty um, smart bit of, uh, I guess, uh, information or or uh, mm. journalism by the by the powers that be to, to structure it that way to say, oh, you know, we're not we're not going to answer any questions. We're just going to let you know that Glenn Moore's still the still the coach, and yet we've been in a review, and we need to to, rec- to put these twenty six recommendations in place. So, mate, it'll be interesting. What I want to know is what happened to the, I guess, the whistleblower, because um, they're not mm. they're not they're not whistleblowers. They're they're basically people that have the courage to stand up and say that there's something wrong. And in this case, you have to think that. Um, there was something wrong because they they've come up with twenty six mm. recommendations. So even if it if we take away what the original complaint was, it created a review to identify twenty six recommendations to take the team forward. So it'll be really interesting yep. to see what happens with the players in that sense as well. Mate, it's yeah, you, Tekura, I think she's yeah. It'll be a pretty long way for her to come back, and, and there's no disrespect to her like she stood up and she's made that decision she's come out and look what's unfolded now she'll be you know and I, I'm pretty sure there would have been a lot of other girls in that situation at the moment but we're just probably too afraid to to make a stance and, and stand up and, and do what Tekura did so um yeah it's interesting that you say that and then what you've seen unfold as of late with New Zealand rugby is it is it panic stations with what they're doing like they've obviously got Wayne Smith in there they've got Mike Cron so really as Glenn Moore and the rest of the coaching staff, are they actually coaching? Or are they actually being told? Like, if you were a head coach, say you were in there, um, Kempe, and you've been a coach, and they bring in all these world-class coaches to pretty much reshape the team, put, send them in a whole different direction to what you have been doing, how would you feel? Would you be like, I've lost reins here, I've lost control of this team, I've, I've really just got to do what I've, I've been told, or... Would you would you be all for it because you want the better of the team and the the team is is bigger than you are or, or how how would that make you feel seeing Wayne Smith and Mike Cron come in? Oh look, I th- I think having Wayne Smith and Mike Cron and that like mate, let's be honest, they're the All Black. Um, mm. They've had success with the All Black, so 
any team that those two are associated with can only be a good thing. I, I guess what you're really talking about is how it was done. And you mm. tend to you tends to lead down once you read the article that the decision in and around putting that support in there before it came out, um, the the recommendations came out was trying to put I guess some of the 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 recommendations in place beforehand. To be brutally honest, uh, he must be feeling a little bit vulnerable. The head coach uh, and and all of the coaching staff. If the CEO mm. is making these decisions, because that's who ultimately makes these decisions, is to implement um, assistant coaches all the way around him to to get his, I guess, his team up to what they think is a standard that needs to be uh, implemented in it, in at the in at that um, that top level. So, yeah, a bit a bit um, each way on this one is. Uh, look, if there was no if there was no review. And they had offered up, hey, look, we think that you know Wayne Smith wants to come in and support you with Mike Cron. I think it's fantastic, personally. But mm. the circumstances tend to to lead to we try to put we're going to put these recommendations in place beforehand, and actually before we announce it, you've got no say in this. We're putting Wayne Smith beside you and and Cron beside mm. you as well, and and they're going to um, come in and, and put some structure into the side because that's ultimately what they're talking about is some structure. Mm, love it, love it. I'm just going to read the, the key findings of the review uh, for everyone out there that doesn't really have a, an inkling of, of what's went on. But these are the key findings of the Black Ferns review. Challenges exist in the Black Ferns high-performance environment with the transition to a semi-professional model. The culture among the players is strong, but is not, le- not fully aligned with the management. Management structures do not always appro- appropriately support the Black Ferns culture and environment. Players' leadership structure is positive but needs refinement. Significant communication issues exist between players, coaches, management and player unions, health and well-being gaps in the environment for players and management, and NZR structures have not sufficiently supported women's high-performance rugby. So those are the key findings that I've, I've got right in front of me. There's obviously a lot more, but Kempi, but the one thing that really stands out is there's just no really alignment between what the management want and the buy-in from the players. And that is the biggest no-no. When you've got a coach that's lost the change room, that's when you know that that's panic stationed. And you saw that in that tour last year when they went over to England, and England pumped them by about 50. You could just see the, the separation and the hunger and the desire and kind of direction that they were going is is probably not where they needed to be. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting what's going on, mate. Yeah, right. You, you know, and, right, you know, dead right, is he? It's, man, if, you lost, if you've lost the changer room, you ain't getting it back, mm. no matter how many reviews you've had. You know, if you, yeah, mm. i got, I got a story. i got a story for you, all right? And if people haven't worked it out now, they, they, they should do, is that I speak, I, I'm got, I've got my own mind. I speak my own mind. I've got, you know, what I think is right and what I think is, is wrong. There's sort of no grey area. Well, anyway, mm. I broke my arm in Leeds when I was playing at Leeds, and you can Google who the, who this person is. I'm not going to say his name, but I came back after I was coming back after I broke my arm four times, and I came coming back to play. I remember walking into the into the coaches uh, into our in our team room, and the we had three um, English boy African English boys, yeah, um, Daz, Faz, and Marcus, and. 
I looked at their face and I, I like I was sort of I was the captain but I wasn't didn't have the C they'd gone with a young young captain by the name Eston Harris. But I was I was basically the captain. The boys had talked to me about everything because I knew that I'd listen and, and, and I'd got their back. Anyway, I walked in, I saw these three boys sitting there. And they said, oh, and Faz, who was the senior of them all, I said, what's up, Faz? And he goes, oh, but he can't talk to us like that. And I went, what are you talking about? He said, well, he's calling us as black so-and-sos all the time, mate. We've had enough of it. And I just sort of stood back and I went, oh, okay. I got it straight away. I got it straight away. So I said, oh, okay. And I, I, I took five minutes and, and got gathered my thoughts around. I went, yeah, no, it's not right. I've got to go and say something. So I went and I went and talked to the to the this person. I said, "Hey, listen, can we have a chat?" They went, "Yep." And I said, um, "You know, you just let you know that the boys are pretty upset. You can't you can't say that um, use that terminology." Or you know, and and, mm. and just didn't want to um, own it. You know, I said, "Oh, yeah, no, no, I'll I'll deal with it." <laughs> anyway, I went back in the room. This is the funny part of the story. I said to the boys, "I said, well, boys, that's me. I'm done." I said, "I guarantee <laughs> you." That was that's me. My contract's gone. I'm out. All right, but I'll tell you what, he will not do that to you again. And sure enough, he didn't do it. To, he didn't do it. Do them to again. He lasted another year um, because I think the the club found out what was going on. Um, but sure enough, I got punted to to another club. But the point that I'm trying mm. to make is that you know everything is around the review. This is where I don't want it to get lost. It's all around the review. Like what we need to do now, especially in the game, is to make sure that the first thing does you you read it out is to look after the well being of the people, and that includes the person that brought it up. Mm. You know, that's the most important yeah. part of this conversation. Yeah, I think um, there in this situation there's that fine line because it is a high performing um, team. We've got to remember that this is the Black Ferns. They are a high-performing um, uh, industry team. The way that world, w- women's rugby is heading at the moment, we want these these ladies and the, the women to have the best tools, but when it's come down to the crunch of it, like it is a high-performing team, so there's going to be tough conversations that are going to be had. But I think it's the way you deliver those tough conversations. I think that's where, where Glenmore got it wrong. I've, I've been coached by Glenmore in uh, my first two years at the Landers, and he's, uh, he's, he has a different approach to it. The language is pretty brutal, and you know he's—he's he's never. I never heard him say anything racist, but he is pretty, pretty grumpy old fella. So you can understand that some of the things he might have said what might have just been taken a little bit too far. But he was trying to get the best out of it. But the reason, the reality is, it is a high-performing side, and and there is uh, deficiencies that are going on in the Black Ferns, and um, they've had a review. And if anyone can fix it, we got Wayne Smith, who, Louis. We're going to have on tomorrow, aren't we? Yes, is he? Wayne Smith, uh, just yes. after 8 o'clock tomorrow, and he said he's just got a little bit of a cold at the moment. He's got a sore throat. Um, and I said, oh, I hope that's not, <laughs> I hope that doesn't coincide with you back coaching again. You haven't been doing too much yelling, Wayne. And he said, no, 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 no. It hasn't been, um, not as much as when I was coaching, is he? <laughs> and, and Izzy, you make a really good point there. You make a really good point mm. about. Um, old coaches, you know, and how they how they adapt to the current landscape. And it, and it changes all the time, you know. It can be said about any industry, horse training, you know, coaches in any yep. sport. You can't, you know, when, I, I, I can tell you, when I was a kid at school, my teachers, um, they took, they coached differently. You know, the, the younger grades <laughs> coach mm. differently. And some of them still think that they can run the run the rule over that way they coached back in the 80s um, to today in 2020. And you can't. 
You know, you can't. There's mm. there's gender diversity. There's um, you know the racial stuff that goes on all the time. There's the the mental well being that's well and truly out there in the forefront of everything. And as a coach, you have to have all of those um, tools and that ab- those abilities mm. to, to control that as part of your environment. And I think one of the things that they've pulled out here is, and there's 26 recommendations, is, man, they've got to, they've got to get to work. They've got to get to work around mm. a whole lot of tools to bring this team up to the performing team that they expect it to be. I just, yeah, like, I hope. Like at the moment, I feel like they're just cramming, cramming because the World Cup's not too far away, and uh, we saw the the gap between New Zealand and England last year, and now we're cramming. But hey, it's better late than never. They've given themselves a chance. They've they've put it all out there. They've been open and transparent about it. Everyone knows what's going on, and yeah, we'll keep it up. But mate, yeah, you think back to when you were coached by your old coaches, you think of the, some of the things that used to come out of their mouths, or some of the <laughs> things that we even used to say. You'd be like, do we say that or? Did they just say that? Like these days, it just wouldn't even happen. Oh, be frowned upon. But anyway, that's uh, that's the big story of the day, and it's good to rip into it early. Thank you so much for your text, Charlie, on double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Keep those coming through throughout the morning. We'd love to chat to you. Any questions you want to fire through to Kempi, who has been in the hot seat. He's been a coach, so he understands the the things that go on inside a coaching environment and team. So. We've got a big show today, Louis. How are you, brother? Yeah, good, Daggy. Um, yeah, we've got a good show today. We're good to be good to catch up with Bears. I just watched uh, Kane Williamson run an absolute clinic for the Sunrisers Hyderabad. Mm. Uh, he was going in an awesome clip, scooping Lockie Ferguson for six. So it's good to see the Kiwis going head to head and Sunrisers got up against one of the new uh, expansion teams. So we'll catch up with Baz. We're going to talk Lakers. So I've seen that Frank Vogel has officially been fired. He was fired on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the story broke that he was fired. He found out that he was sacked via Twitter, which is pretty, or via the internet, which is pretty disappointing. Wow. Um, so he's actually been he's actually been fired, fired now. Now, Michael Duarte, who's our NBC lad out of uh, LA, he's actually at Lakers headquarters today doing the exit interviews with the team because they're dumped out of the wow. they've been dumped so he's got a break in between where we, where we want to talk to him so he can tell us and give us the pulse of one of the most famous sports franchises in the world when they have had one of this franchise's most disappointing and bizarre seasons in the history because they put a team together that people were saying we're going to win 70 games well that is a long way from where they ended up. Not even into the playoff kits. Not even one of the top 10 teams in the Western Conference. Mm. So that'll be really interesting, Izzy. It mm. might be a little bit hard for you. You have to grin and bear it. And uh, throughout the morning, we'll talk plenty more about all things going on today, like the Hurricanes and Moana Pacifica tonight. And a little bit of news around Anton Leonard Brown, which we'll get to after this. Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Back in a second. Yeah, 25 minutes past 6 o'clock, uh, Charlie's come back with some great thoughts around the Black Ferns. And Steve on double eight double three morning team, shout out to the Saturday afternoon racing team, the Goodwill with Clado. 166 top up to that TAB account from the Punders Club. And Steve, all you had to do was text the mail run, you name your TAB account number, the code word, which was Lizzie for Queen Elizabeth. Um, and you're in, and you're 166 bucks richer. Well done, mate. Well done, Clado. That's awesome. Awesome. Hey, the race. Speaking of racing, the race by Grins is on Thursday, and and poor Anton Leonard Brown, who's 
going to will most likely be there. He'll be in a sling or maybe even a little bit woozy from surgery he's about to have. We might not even be able to make it because his shoulder's a little bit more messed up than he was hoping, and it looks like it could be six months on the sideline, Izzy, which is such a blow for him personally. But speaking of environments, I can only imagine the All Blacks environment will suffer from not having him in there as a playing as a player. Uh, yeah. Oh, mate, 100%. 100%. Uh, look, they, uh, they 100% will suffer. But now with, with Geordie and, and you still got RTS and you still got so many players in the in the midfield, it's probably made the headache a little bit less because Anton would have had to be there. So that is a, definitely a 100% a huge loss. Um, six months out, that right shoulder, something that we're probably dreading and he's announced it yesterday. I, I think... On a personal note, I spoke. I flicked ALB a message, and I just said, "I've suffered from a, a six-month shoulder injury." And you can look at the the negatives from it, but I just said, "Look, honestly, you play so much rugby throughout your entire career. These little breaks, you can look, you can be down about it for about five minutes, but then you look at the positive. Like you got six months, bro, to get away from the game, just really freshen up, rehab." I'm just going from my personal experience. When I did my shoulder, six months away was the best thing you could ever ever happen to me because I got I got the hunger back, I got the desire back, and I went away and I worked on the things that you never have the time to work on, and you come back a, a better player. So for him, yeah, it is it is you know pretty pretty sad moment. But you look at the positives; he's got time and and uh, the time is to to get his body right, Kempi. But yeah, I was I was thinking about it. There is obviously a downside, but now we've got that little headache at the moment in the, in the midfield. What do you think the midfield looks like? You like Geordie Barrett there, but you got David Harvey who can play there. you got Roger Tuivasa-Shek that can play at 12. Come on. Centre, Rico Iwani, Braden Enel. Is he? You know, like... You haven't said the name. Gainuku. Come on. Jack, good you. name? On the comeback. Oh, Jack. Need a few, you haven't even heard of him, mate. He played club footy on the weekend. You can't expect too much from him. He needs a few, a few games. games, Louis. But 100%. yeah, he's there or thereabouts. Leicester firing a nuku. Yeah, there's it's, names everywhere. But is it like, is it actually, I mean, okay, well, that's interesting. I, I like, I would have thought if he can get, if he's healthy, I mean, I'd, for no, me, you, you need games, remember, mate. You need, yeah, sure, games. I mean, the All Black season's not for a while away, but if he can get back to some form for mm. the Crusaders, I just think Jack Goodyear's a real talent. But especially defensively, he's a he's an absolute machine. He's in there. very good, very very good. Honestly, he's he's a quality player, um, but just needs time. And and uh, when you got in the Crusaders, when you got guys that are doing the job, I think Braden Enos, he's he's there or thereabouts. Just needs to have a bit more time in the centre jersey too. Like he's. He's playing, but he's probably not where Braden would love to see him, uh, would want to be. Whereas Leicester, he's um, unstoppable in that centre jersey. So. <laughs> Leicester. So, look, they've got options. Jack will get a run. 100% he'll get another run. Um, won't, fi- won't be this Friday against the Blues. 100% won't be against the Blues this this Friday. He'll probably have another hit of club footy. And then I'm looking towards maybe him, they'll take him to Australia and maybe... When they head over there for three weeks, give him a run somewhere over there. That's where I'm picking. He'll get an opportunity. It is Kempia, and we we went through this last week, and we lit the text line and the phone lines up, which we might have to do today when we have our abandonment segment, where Izzy just once a week seems to um, abandon the show to go catch a plane somewhere. We will light the phone lines up again with some uh, All Blacks midfield <laughs> five jobs. At least, at least it's working. The old private plane, mate. At least it's getting plenty of plenty of hours. Five jobs, and ha- is one of them trading NFTs, or is that the sixth? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's 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 five. And punting's number four. And what's the other one? <laughs> uh, being a dad. Fishing. <laughs> Fishing. No, no, purchasing Fishing shoes, mate. Purchasing shoes. Crew slaying. Oh. Um, that's enough. <laughs> we'll have to go to Aroha. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, righto. We'll, we'll open it up. We'll get stuck back into it because we've talked about it. Is it about getting the best players onto the field, or is it about continuity and actually picking the guys for the right positions? And that is the age-old question, isn't it? Twenty-nine minutes away from seven o'clock this morning. Talk some racing up after this, but here's Araha with the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. SENZ 27 minutes away from 7 this morning. Just doing a bit of research on airnewzealand.co.nz. See if I can get Daggy a later flight because that's the sort of friend I am. Um, just always looking out for the boys. I'll come back to you in a wee bit there. Is he? Um, there's plenty to come throughout the morning before 7 o'clock this morning. We've got Quizzy Dag coming up. Well, we've got the jackpot today. After seven, well, it's all about Tawara Nico T-Bone. So Brett from Huntley, he will be right up and about. He's probably having... Mate, ask him about that story. You know that one you told the other day uh, where they went in and took the seat in the change room? That, who was that giving me alarm? Who, we, were playing oh. at, we were playing at Castleford and uh, this young front rower, Nathan Sykes, got his debut. <laughs> and he came in and he sat down in the change room and guess whose hook he took, mate? Oh, no. Honestly, the worst one in the room and none of us said anything. And we're sitting there, and T-Bone just waltz in, and he just looks at his hook. And this young front rower has got all his gears up. He just had a look around the room. And and Nathan knew straight away, wouldn't look at him in the eyes, mate. And we're sort of, I'm giggling, me and Richie are giggling. And he just gets his gear, picks it up off the hook, takes it in the shower, throws it in the shower, <laughs> and comes out and says, don't ever bleep, bleep, bleep on my hook again. And sits down. That was his debut week, mate. That's the first thing that Tawana said to him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like if Love there's that. one person in the world other than Kevin Mialami, you you just wouldn't want to have that chat from. Stalwart and Nico, like mm. it's the mm. he was the definition of uncompromising. Um, Love Racing That's after seven o'clock. And if you're a league fan of Kempi's generation, you'll want to hear Tawara's reckonings on the. Great game, the greatest game of all. Loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Boys, this week we've got racing at Ruakaka tomorrow. So the Winterless North gets a good run at this time of year. They'll have a few race meets. So look for those trainers, your Kenny Rays, your Chris Gibbs, those locals up there that train their horses on the track every day and on the beach. That's who you want to do. It's what you want to do. You know the locals go good when Ruakaka gets a run. And this weekend... Well, I was meant to have a little break from the punt, so I will be. But <laughs> say, <Are we? laughs> but saying that, there's a really, really good race on. Uh, the Fibre Fresh New Zealand Thoroughbred Breeders Stakes. It is the last group one, I'm pretty sure, for the season. It's at Tarapa. It's meant to be... At, uh, well, it's usually at Tiaroha, but that track's under renovation, I'm pretty sure. So it's at Tarapa. It's a wait-for-age fillies and mares race over the mile. I think Baz's Tabata has run on this race previously, but this week it's going to be absolutely stacked. You're going to have two illicit, 
Um, you're going to have Coventina Bay. A lot of the horses that are thinking about mares that are thinking about heading over to Brisbane to have a crack at the Australian prize money. I, I did see Aidan Rodley, who's a pretty sharp racing journalist, say on Twitter last night that Levante was meant to be starting here. She might not be going. So I'm not too sure what the deal is there. We will find out when nominations come out and final fields are announced tomorrow. We'll watch for the noms and see what where they land today. But this could be a really exciting race. Uh, we've got Imperatriz as a three-year-old, so she'll be down in the weights a little bit. Over the mile, $220,000. You win this race, you're, uh, you're a very, very wealthy or rich broodmare, and you're a very valuable one, and you can go to pretty much any stallion you want because it's a group one for the Phillies and Mears over the mile. Very versatile horses win it usually. Coventina Bay coming back from a break. It could be, if she wins this, that she is New Zealand's horse of the year coming off two group one wins for Robbie Patterson and the Taranaki Kimpi. Yep, another uh, another great um, storyline, that one. If Robbie can get uh, Coventina Bay up, mate, hard race though. You know, If you get the, all those horses... Uh, that have run really, really good through the spring, the summer, uh, finishing off the mm-hmm. the year at the end of it. Um, good race, Louis. And another another hard one to pick. And actually, if if you um, if you are into that sort of thing, you can go look at the futures. Um, oh, where is it? the Durban Cup? Here we go. You can go look at the the futures market. And Coventina Bay is currently paying thirteen dollars to win the Durban Cup, and she's going to head up there. Robbie Patterson's taking up there, but. In the market, there's also Zaki paying $2.50, Ayrton $6, Collette $8, Moonga $8, Cascadian $11, Mount Popper $11. Uh, so that's the sort of co- company and competition she's going to meet up on Queensland. So not easy at all. And uh, that's racing this weekend, really. It's very, very exciting. But I love racing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing. You can go and check out later on today. If you go to the website, click on the meetings, you can see which horses are nominated and which uh, mares will be turning up in that race. Thursday night, though, we're heading to Cambridge for the race. Self-assured, is he? How are your nerves? How are your confidence levels? Wide draw, did not matter, or going to be tough for Mark Purden? What's your gut telling you? Um, well, from what I've understood from the last couple of weeks when we spoke about it, the draw is hugely important. We had Mark Purden on, so we're at the back and seeing Kempe's face when we spoke about it yesterday. Kind of a little bit nervous, mm. but hey, um, nah, they're in the race. They've got a chance and self-assured. Obviously, the speed at the start was the worry uh, off the off the starting gates. And uh, look, yeah, come race day, I think, I think we'll be fine. We've got the best horse. We just need the best... Um, we just need the best outcome at the start, mate. We need, need some luck. To happen to us early, so we, yeah, need a bit of luck. Need, need a bit of luck n- early, not and a then bit get of luck. We need a lot of luck. Do you know what we need? We need a bl- <laughs> we need a blistering pace. Mm. So we're going to go back. We yeah. need the Australians to mm. go forward and absolutely run so fast at the start, so that there's heaps of pace in, and we can come steaming over top. Which would be, hey, mm. at least if we win, it'll be look really cool. <laughs> so it's not mm. going to be stacked oh. them up and went off the front. If we win, it's going to be like, whoa, what's that horse when the blue coming? Where's you boys it? are going, eh? You, we actually need to just very quickly before Quizzy Dag just settle something. Mm. Kempi, what sort of car do you drive, mate? A- oh, just a, a black one. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> I'll, I'll settle something. Yep, Joe, it's a pub crawl down to Cambridge. It's normally an hour and a half trip. It could take us five hours, all right? And me and you, we're just going to have a catch-up and a couple of stories on the way down. And um, we'll get there in real good fiddle. Who's driving? You are. Me? 
Yeah, well, you got a show on at 8 o'clock, so that's been decided. Um, and me and Joe, we're just going to go head to head. <laughs> I'm paying a dollar one, and he's paying 15 bucks to last the trip. Righty, there it is. Joe, get ready, mate. Trip the roadie with Kempi. The roadie with Kempi down to Cambridge <laughs> in a black car. Very, very good luck. Almost. <laughs> Good luck indeed. If Levante runs, she'll be able to run the last 100 metres backwards and still win. That's from Trent. Yeah, well, Trent, you also said Zaki won, would win. <laughs> so. <laughs> Take place bets, Trent. Take place bets. <laughs> you got to bump the brakes every once in a while, Trent. 19 away from seven. Quizzy Dag, $100 jackpot. And, and I've, oh. seen the, I've seen the quiz. It's a toughie. Impossible. Yeah. You, Impossible. You won't get it. 19 away. Give us a call. Come see the Quizmaster. Quizzy Dad, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dad, come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. T.A.B. with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, good morning. Quizzy Dag, Tuesday, 12th of April, coming up to quarter to seven here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Going to riff into it. Quizzy Dag, we got Anton. Morning, Anton. You're up first, mate. Uh, not first drop. All right. <laughs> what you got? Mate, you, you, got a, you got yourself a chance. Here we go. Five straight to win 100 bucks. Let's rip in. The Southern Steel. Made a huge comeback in the ANZ Premiership last night, eventually winning in extra time. Who did they beat? Uh, Bang. There you go. Correct. Question number two. (laughs) Which IPL team does Kane Williamson play for? Five. Oh, that's a tough one. Three. Uh, Two. Ooh, it's not the Night Riders. Sorry, Anton. Have a good day, mate. John. Morning, John. Good day. How you going, mate? Yeah, very well, John. Very well. We'll rip into it. Question number two, mate. Which IPL team does Kane Williamson play for? Well, I know it used to be the Sunrisers. I don't know whether it's the Sunrisers. It is Sunrisers. Good guess. Good guess. Hold well on. Question number three. Who ended the Masters tied third with Cam Smith? Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, sorry, Johnny. Not, not Tinkerbell. Sorry, mate. Here we go. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Simon in Auckland. Morning, Simon. Morning. Morning, morning. Who ended the Masters tied third with Ken Smith? It was Shane Larry, the Irish Irishman. It was Shane Larry. Bang. Question number four. Which player is leading goal scorer in the EPL this season? Uh, 
five, four, three, two. Is it Muhammad, one. Uh, Muhammad Salah? Ooh, I think that's short. That's got, you've got to give that. It is very Mo Salah. good. Well done. All right, to win it, to win the hundred bucks. Which Super Rugby side holds the record for the most losses in a regular season? Five, um, four. No phone a friend, eh? Four. Oh, I don't know about the fifth one. Nah, nah, we won't, we won't give you that one on find a friend on the fifth one. Sorry. <laughs> Kez, Kez is going, Kippy, uh, don't, don't. <laughs> just have a stab. Which <laughs> Super Rugby <laughs> side holds <laughs> the record for the most losses? Yeah, so it's um, ever, ever. So it could be a team from the just start have a, just have to a, now. Just have a guess. Five, four, uh, three, two, we'll go for the one. Horse. Ooh, it's not the four. Sorry. We're going to go to Brett and Huntley. Oh, Uncle Brady. You're lining up another <laughs> hundred. <laughs> You're lining up another hundred, <laughs> mate. And we got your brother, we got your brother T-Bone on too. Is he at the pie shop this morning with you? Uh, hey, I'm wondering if you're going to ask him that. <laughs> you seem to ask me that a lot, Kempi. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know I can't do respect. that. You know I can't do that. I'll get a slap. <laughs> that's not a mullet either. That's a mane that he, that he possesses. It's a mane. Oh, is that what you guys call it down there? A mane. <laughs> that, that, oh, I love a it. Mane, like a lion, because he's <laughs> the worst team. Oh, I don't know. The lion? <laughs> the lion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the Lions. Oh. Sorry, Brett. Go we'll back to the pie shop, Go back to the pie shop. All right, Brenton. Morning, Brenton. Morning, brother. How are you? Good, good, mate. You want that 100 bucks, eh, mate? You're hungry. Tell me, which Super Rugby yeah, side right. holds the record for the most losses in the regular season? I'll have another guess. I'll go the Bulls. Oh, <laughs> it's, oh, it's not the Bulls. Sorry, it's not the Bulls. <laughs> Gonna go to Callum in West Auckland. Morning, Callum. Callum, uh, morning. Is it the Force? No, <laughs> no, it's not the Force. It's not the Force. Sorry, oh, Callum. We're getting there. We're, we're getting gonna there. go to Mark. Morning, Mark. Morning, lads. Morning. Is it the cheetah? Oh, morning, Marky. <laughs> No. Oh, it's not the cheaters. It's not the cheaters. Arigato. All right, we're going to go no. to Ed, Brett's cousin. <laughs> Is it me, young man? Yeah, you're all, bro. 100 bucks. 100 bucks. No. It's not the rebels. No. <laughs> Sayonara. All right, we're going to go to Richie from Upper Hutt. Hey, Izzy. Hey. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, arigato, <laughs> oh, arigato. <laughs> uh, arigato, brother. Well done. Did my clue give it away or nah? No, I had some walls for about the last five people that were guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Kez is loving was it subtle. too. Kez was going, get through it, get yeah. through it. Well done, brother. 100 bucks, TAB bonus bet. Coming your way. Legend. Who you got, Richie? Awesome. Who are you putting it on? Ooh, probably look at the Phoenix tomorrow night. Good man. Ooh. Yeah, okay. And the Phoenix, 
remember the Phoenix aren't far away from coming home, which is awesome. Richie, nice stuff. I love how you always throw the Phoenix some love. Seven away from seven, a hundred bucks. That's how you want it. That's how you want a hundred bucks to go. Tough to the wire. That was a tough one. And um, the Sunwolves, yeah. the forgotten team of Super Rugby, which is a shame for Japanese rugby, which is growing at an enormous rate of knots. I'd love to see them back involved in a Pacific competition at one stage. All right, 7 o'clock, not far away. We'll be back shortly. A couple of texts here to get through. And after 7, it is oh, T-Bone at the pie shop. Shop the Maggie's Magnesium range at Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just $3.19. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Coming up, we're going to talk to Tawara Nico, Kempi's mate. I can't wait to have a wee story time with Tawara. I want to get it, because everyone comes on and Kempi just says a few things, but there's not really any stories about Kempi. So hopefully Tawara's got a few stories about Uncle Kempi. Stop it, mate. Just to, just to have a bit of banter. With Uncle. Nah, I'm looking forward to that, mate. I was a I was a fan of Tawara when he was running around for the storm, just absolutely snapping people in half. So I'm um, really excited for this one, mate. And then after that, we'll get back into a bit, of, bit more Black Ferns review uh, with what's unfolded and then some Lakers. But I'm going to read this quick text message from Mark. It's a great message. Good morena, Izzy, Kempi, Louie, Aroha in the kitchen. Not sure if you boys know, but it's a, it is Testicular Cancer Awareness Month. I've had a couple of mates affected, so if you could remind all the fellas listening to check their balls and stay safe, that would be awesome. Stay on top of it. I totally agree with you, Mark. Um, you're right on with that message, mate. Fellas out there is probably the, one of the leading causes to male deaths around the country. That and bowel cancer. So stay true, and if you can, check it out and stay on top. We'll keep supporting that throughout the day. Coming up, we're going to have a chat to Tawara Nico. Craving a McCafe about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Test at home with results in 15 minutes with Helgen COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ, Tuesday the 12th of April, just after 7 o'clock. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk some NBA shortly. Michael J. Duarte out of the uh, US. We're going to talk about the Lakers. Frank Vogel has been sacked via Twitter. They, well, with the team they had, they should have been in the playoffs at least, and they haven't been. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, tough tough for Lakers fans out there. I'm a Lakers fan and it's been a tough old slog the last few years. You thought when LeBron was there it changed a few things but no, hasn't unfolded that way. After 8 o'clock we spoke going to talk to Baz McCullum. Skip Baz he's over at the KKR in Mumbai playing in the IPL or coaching the IPL KKR team and uh, they're sitting second so it's awesome to hear from him but I'd just like to reiterate before we get off to our next guest that it is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month and blokes out there, uh, if you can, or your loved ones, there are, you know, just get your wives or, or your loved ones to, to check them out and 
and stay on top of it because it is one of the leading causes to deaths around the country for men that and bowel cancer. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep uh, making it aware throughout our show for the next month. So cheers for that message from Mark. But I'm gonna throw it over to you, Kempi to introduce our next guest. Yeah, thanks, Izzy. And he was pretty fearless on the field, uncom- uncompromising and an icon of the greatest game of all, which is, you know it, Izzy, eh? Rugby League. With the NRL in full swing, Melbourne Storm, dominating as usual. We thought we'd track down our man, T-Bone and Huntley, Brett's mate, to have a chat. And he's on the phone with us right now. Morning, a T-Bone. <laughs> Atamari, Kempi, how you going, brother? Uh, How's it going, guys? Atamari here, T Bone. How are Good, you? How are you going, bro? Up early? That's not like you. You normally sleep in till eleven. Come on, mate. I'm on the farm, mate. Five thirty <laughs> up every morning, mate. Bloody hell, this is. I said seven o'clock. That's bloody office hours. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 oh, mate. We're obviously um, talking a little bit of league this morning, T Bone. Melbourne just hit the ground running again, mate. You surprised? No, nah, mate, nah, you know, when you've got a coach like Craig Bellamy, you've got a system that the Storm have implemented over the last, well, 18 years, 20-odd years. Now, Kempe, they just seem to keep on turning over and, you know, nothing changes for them. Um, you know, one hiccup this year and it was a close one with Parramatta, but, you know, um, once again, Craig Bellamy and the Storm, uh, you know, to be there come the business end of the season. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Penrith are pretty current premiers at the moment and they haven't missed a beat either, so... You, know, you look at the top three teams there, uh, you know, pretty consistent right through the through the last few years. So, yeah, interesting uh, times for the NRL, but, you know, exciting times for the Warriors. Can be one of the teams that you coached in the past. So, <laughs> great to see them get three wins on the trot, mate. Right? Yeah, no, it was... was um... Yeah, I'd, like I thought, I thought their their draw T bone led to um, them getting a couple of wins. So it's good to see that they're up in the eight at the moment. Let's hope that they can keep that. It's a long season, as you know, T T bone. No one, no one worries about the beginning of the year. They all always look towards the back end of the year. Who's who's impressed you, mate? Like out of out of the Warriors, let's talk a little bit about them. Who's impressed you? I know Sean coming home, but. Um, the forward packs changed a little bit. They've got some roll through the middle. Any anyone stood out for you? Yeah, no, well, I, I think there's a, a couple of players, as you know, Kemp, you've got to win the middle of the ruck to have any chance in this game. And, um, you know, um, just with the two big front rows at the moment, AFB, Adam Fanua, Blake, Blake um, you know, he's doing a good uh, job there at the moment. And, you know, if they can just get some consistency through that middle of the ruck, I think they'll be quite good. But, you know, one of the young outside backs, or young Jesse Arthurs, I've been quite impressed by his, um, you know, uh, performances over the last couple of weeks but I think you know if we can control that middle of the ruck um, Matt Lodge and uh, Adam Fanua Blake you know those two big boppers they can control that mate they'll be um, really great for the roll on of the club Nice well we're talking to Tawara Nico former league great and hard man of the the, uh, the league field mate hey um, quick question for you who's who do you think's the dominant forward? Who's who's the dominant forward in the NRL that kind of reminds me or reminds you of a little bit of a younger younger Tawara? Oh, mate, there's a whole lot better players in the NRL now. Than I was playing, <laughs> mate. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of good players in that in, in that form in, in terms of that. You know, when you look at the top teams, you know, James Fisher Harris, I think, you know, playing for Penrith, you know, been standout now for the last yeah. couple of years. One of those front rowers through the middle of the ruck that you know is very uncompromising, very very tough, and takes no prisoners. 
you know, Jared's JWH, one of the other Kiwis, mate, at the Roosters. Yeah. yeah. Jared's getting a bit long in the tooth now, but he's one of those enforcers in the game. That, you know, <laughs> I always love to watch, you know, when you're playing the Roosters, if the, uh, Jared's playing, there's usually some fireworks around that. But, you know, if I look at one of the best players in the in the NRL now, and someone that I really admire is, um, you know, Dale Finucane, who's gone from the Melbourne Storm yeah. to the Sharks. And if you look at the Sharks, where they currently sit on the table, you know, I think they could be one of the um, surprise packets for the 2022 20, season. But, you know, he's a he's a tough player. He's one of those players that does all those things around the middle of the ruck, you know, is always in there, is always carrying some good carries. So, you know, those are just three of the players that I love to watch every weekend when NRL on Fox Sports. You get to watch every single game and get to see all the mm-hmm. challenges. But, you know, those are a couple of the couple of players, Dan Fisher Harris, Dale Finucane and Joe Warrior Hargrave. But you know, in saying that I think there's a whole lot of uh, young Kiwi boys that are coming through the grades. Uh, you know, I like to watch uh, Dylan Walker at the Parramatta Eels. I think he's an outstanding prospect, you know, one of those up and coming players. Take him a little while to find a seat in the NRL. You know, it's the toughest competition in the world, the NRL. Every week you've got to be on your game and you know, to be challenged twenty five, twenty six weeks of the year and then play finals fully on top of that. You know, you've got to be on your game every week. And, you know, one of the things about the Warriors, I think they started to get some consistency, Kimpy, you know what I mean, in terms of that. But, you know, as you said, I'll see where they are in, in round 12, which is halfway through the competition. That gives you a good indication on where teams are and how they're performing after 12 weeks in the competition because that'll give you a bit of a run into the finals. Yeah, around around origin time, you sort of know where your team sits, yep. T-Bone. And, and then yep. you look at the, the run home and, and hopefully... Uh, you get the wins that you need to play finals football. Hey, you just you elaborate a lot on our Kiwi boys in T-Bone, and you have a lot to do with the um, the selection of our national side. Two questions: um, What happens with Madge Maguire when he gets the sack? Because that's just around the corner. And the second thing: What does our Kiwi team look like? Yeah, well, as I said before, Kimpy, you know, I think over the last you know three or four years, we've there's been some massive growth in terms of the number of. Um, Kiwi players playing in the NRL and the challenge for us is to keep them playing for New Zealand and not to go and play you know for the likes of Samoa or Tonga like Jerome Luai and a few others Jason Tomalolo a few years ago so you know that's the big challenge and you know I feel sorry for Mads he's been great for the Kiwis in terms of that you know one of the things that we've really struggled with Kempi is having you know uh Kiwi coaches in the NRL, and you know, we were one of the first Maori coaches uh, to to coach in the NRL. But I think we've got you know Stephen Kearney, David Kidwell at the moment. You know, two of the that are involved in the top line. That you know, Mooks is back at uh, Melbourne, got Kitty at the um, Parramatta Eels. So you know, I've got no um, no hesitation in saying that those guys possibly could be a replacement in the future. So, yeah, Stacey's coaching, you know, being assistant coach at the Warriors. So, you know, we've got some great players that we all played with, um, Kempi, in terms of that, that are getting used to the grind or the NRL, but, you know, playing international football and pulling on their jersey is something different. So, yeah, it's a bit sad for Madge. I've got a good relationship with him over the last five years, but, mate, he's he's um, he's struggling at the moment, uh, you know, with, with the Tigers, and if you look at his roster, it's pretty tough, but you know, as you know, Kempi, once you get to a certain um, certain place in your coaching career, um, it's pretty tough to come back from yep. areas like this. And uh, I'm sad to say that 
without some support, he could be on his way in the hey, next I'm, week or so. I'm still paying for it, T-Bone. I've still got the Cyclops Warrior supporters <laughs> giving it to me every day. <laughs> <laughs> As he's got another, as he's got another question for you, mate. Hey T, um, I just want to ask you about you just touched on it briefly with the, the Samoans and the Tongans and and their resurgence in the game of league. I want to ask you your thoughts on that. Um, the, the players that have played for yeah, your tier one teams, the Kiwis and the Australians, going back and representing the the smaller nations. Are you are you a big fan of it, or you or you thinking uh, it's it's good for the game? Oh, I think it's good for the game, mate. You know, with the with the Kiwis, it'd be great that we could have them keep them all, but we can't. You know what I mean? So if it's yeah. going to grow the game and make those tier two, former tier two nations, be get stronger, that's that's what you want for the game of rugby league. But you know, in terms of us, that's where the Kiwis really need to be out there targeting a lot of our younger players coming through our junior system. Because what happens, uh, Izzy, is that you know, if you're a good young talented rugby league player in New Zealand, you have to go to Aussie. And Kempi and I did that. Geez, we're going back into the 1980s. When did we go, Kempi? As 19 year olds, uh, 18 year olds. 1987. That's a long time ago. 1988, was it? Yeah. 87, 87, 88. That's it, T Bone. 87, 88. We had to go to Aussie to buy our trade. So that was, you know, a long, long time ago. But what we need to do is make sure that those guys understand what the Kiwi Jump is about, uh, who they want to play for. And, you know, I've got no um, qualms about those guys wanting to represent their, their. their parents, uh, you know, uh, whānau, their, their, their culture and their heritage, whether it's Samoa, Tonga, you know, a new way or whatever it is. But I think, you know, for us as New Zealand, we've got enough players to go around and we can pick the best. We've got a couple of the best and, you know, the likes of Jared Warrior, Hardgraves, you know, uh, you know, and we've had some great players, the likes of Nelson Asafa Solomona that said, no, I'm going to play for the Kiwis. So, you know, it's those guys like that that, that will lead that change and hopefully influence some of those younger players. So, I'm all for growing our game and making it stronger, but really for making sure that those guys that come through our systems uh, in New Zealand, as youngers, understand what is the pull on that black and white jumper, which Kimpy and I have both experienced and, and we loved, you know, and something that we'll never, ever um, uh, forget. Never, never, ever, T-Bone. You're dead right. Bleed black, mate. Not maroon, not blue, not yellow and gold. It's black. That's um, right, mate. That's right. <laughs> Hey, T-Bone, I'm just going to change tact here. Uh, and the reason yeah. I'm going to do that is because you can talk about the significance of our culture. Um, the the uh, New Zealand Rugby Union came out with 26 changes to this, uh, 26 recommendations to the women's uh, black ferns. What, what a joke that was, mate. What do you think about that? Well, well, I just want you to talk a little bit about significance <laughs> and cultural significance being Māori and Pacifica in the players, because we deal with that all the time in rugby league. You know, our our teams are ninety percent um, Polynesian. What what can they learn from rugby league in in this instance? Because I think there's a really good learning here, um, and and sometimes I think that you should go to other sports that have actually dealt with it, which we we have um, quite significantly in that cultural space. So, do you want to touch on just that significance of the of the Maori and Pacifica and, and what they mean? in the game of rugby league and how we deal with it? Yeah, that's a really, really good point, Kimby. And, and when I, because that was a news yesterday around the rugby union and stuff that they'd come out with, and I thought, what the hell? Mate, we've been dealing with this for the last 12, 15 years, Kimby, in terms of us being able to engage, connect, uh, you know, bring in the families, the, the parents, the, their cultural significance. Because when you talk about Pacifica and Māori, 
it's the extended fun of hey, you know our cultural experience doesn't really just include ourselves it's around the wider whanau the ainga you know all those different aspects of that culture you know incorporating you know our own hackers and delivering them specifically with that you know the designs of our jerseys now incorporate all our um pacifica samoan tongan uh all their tattoos you know it's a whole lot of different space and being able to connect and engage with your you know, with the recipients of our game. And I think one of the big things, Kempe, you just have a look at the Indigenous game now on the calendar for the NRL with the New Zealand Māori and the um, Indigenous mm-hmm. Aboriginals. Mate, that's a, that's amazing spectacle. It's grown so huge now, and it's the showpiece event to kick off the NRL season every year. And hopefully um, in 2023, we'll get to have that game here in New Zealand. That's something that the New Zealand Māori Rugby League has been targeting and you know, your mate JD's done a good job there. So I think one of the great things that you know, New Zealand Rugby League uh, has done is to really incorporate that whānau perspective, really to have that cultural perspective and by bringing in um, you know, specialists and tōhungas and sharing those stories because we go right back with the Kiwis. You know, there's always been Māori, there's always been Pacifica involved in these games and we've embraced that openly, wholeheartedly. And I think one of the things that Rugby Union could learn was to, you know, have more cultural awareness in terms of that and engagement. I know that the Rugby Union have a, a Māori kaumātua, but, you know, with the women's teams. And I think that's the great thing about New Zealand Rugby League. You know, there's some key elements in terms of really being ingrained and and absorbing and sitting in those cultures. So, you know, that's been one of the key elements why we've been so successful with our demographic campaign. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, quickly, uh, Tawara, just we we let you go. I know Kempi's got one more question. Um, I want to ask you about Kempi. Because he comes on here and tells stories about everyone else, but it doesn't really tell... Oh, he, yeah, it's himself in there somewhere, somewhere thereabouts. But got any stories on uh, on Tony Kemp you can share with us? Uh, oh, geez, I'm not that... Not when people are listening anyway, is he, in terms of that? But... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'll tell you one story, is he... Um... Uh, Kempi and I played each other. Kempi was playing down Waitara, uh and um, I remember well, it might have been under 15s when we first played against uh, each other in the tournament. And we're lining up. The Waikato boys ran out on the field, and we we're there. We we're standing there, and then the Taranaki um, boys ran out on the field, and we all looked at each other because we saw we thought there was a girl because <laughs> she had a really long hair. We thought, we can't play against the girl. She's got really long hair. That's not fair. You know, this was under 15. And we turned around and it was Tony Kemp. That's, I don't know, a lot of people would have known Kempy, but he used to have really long hair. And then and, I went you know, out and carved his up. His hair was right down to his back, down to his ass, down the bottom there. But Kempy used to play with long hair as a youngster when he first came, when he was the first young player. And uh, we thought, oh, yeah, no, we'll tackle that girl. She looks all right. But it was Kempy. And we turned around, oh, no, we're not tackling him. Too ugly. <laughs> 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 oh, I still remember that. Yeah, true too, story, mate. true story. That's a true story. Kimby, I don't know if Kimby's got some old photos, but he used to have really long hair, mate, when he was playing as a youngster. Not many people mm. know that. No, so, I'll tell we'll that, get that on Twitter. I've told, I ain't given Izzy a photo of that. <laughs> I don't know what he would do with it. Hey, we've got one from when our... Did, when did you cut your hair, Kimby? Oh, I cut what it. I cut it in the under fifteens, mate. Yeah, I was the opposite oh. of I was the opposite of Hercules when they cut the hair. 
Bloody, I was a little skinny thing with long hair, cut my hair, and I, I grew, and I'm still growing. Hey, we got a cousin from Bretton Huntley. He said, uh, was he a harder man on the league field or as a teenage girl soccer coach a couple of years ago? Because oh. no team has ever run more shuttles than the team <laughs> under his tutelage, uh, to be fair. They, what does he say here? They racked up some big scores, though. That's your mate, Brett, mate. He phones in from Huntley every day. Oh, he, you know, they were the fittest. Mate, I never coached soccer before, but my girls, all I did was Broncos and uh, flips and 400s. <laughs> and you know what? We used to win by 20 goals in the game, mate. You know what? Because my team was the fittest team. They weren't the most skillful, but they were the fittest, man. They used to blitz teams in the second half. So, yeah, so first year coaching soccer, I won the competition only because they were the fittest team. Yeah. How good is that? It is so good. Oh, Amazing. So good. You won the high school in the Waikato competition, mate. Yeah. Oh, so there man, that's good. Hard work beats a, a team of uh, all skillful players, mate. Work harder than them, you'll beat them. Well done. That is a great story, Tawana. Mate, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kempi, and sharing some great stories and some great messages as well, particularly around the, the diverse uh, teams that we have and the cultures within these teams. And uh, sharing your experiences, mate. We really appreciate, appreciate you, Tawana Nico, coming on the show. And uh, take care, mate. We'll get you on very shortly. Go back to bed, too, right, No worries, really appreciate that, Kimby. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me. Real privilege and honour, and uh, go to Melbourne School. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, Kimby. Loved that. Loved yeah, that. He's a, great get. He's, he's a real hard case, mate. He, like, you go into, oh, mate, well, I'll tell you a story. We got a, we got a um, Olsen full of Piners, uh, Tungy, his funeral, and Tawad has just got everyone laughing, mate. It's just a totally different atmosphere, you know what I mean? So, um, nah, good bloke, is he? Absolute champ. Yeah, nice. Nice, mate. Loved it. Loved it. Louis, you enjoy that? Yeah, thoroughly, mate. And um, you're right. His messages around diversity and what goes on, mm. and especially, and that was the first thing that jumped off the paper. Let's talk more about it uh, after this around the Black Ferns and, and exactly how the messages were mixed, missed and who the Black Ferns actually were in the framework that they were trying to be coached and clearly there was mixed messages and Tawara just middled it, nail on head. So let's reflect on that after this. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. 28 minutes past 7 o'clock this morning, Tawara Nico, an icon of New Zealand rugby league and sport. And on the Black Ferns uh, review that came out yesterday with a, a great number of recommendations it was glaringly obvious there was a massive disconnect from who the Black Ferns actually were and the framework that was put in place to coach them and support them. And Tawara middled that straight away, Kempi. Yeah, look, I couldn't let that one go, uh, Louis, because we do a lot of work in that area. And we have done for a number of years, both me and Tawara, in building culture. Um, and when you're reading between the lines, the, the biggest glaring thing uh, that stuck out to me was cultural significance. More than anything, the first thing you need to know when you have a team that predominantly is Māori and Pacifica is, is the question, kōwaiō, like, who, who am I? And once you, they answer that question in front of you, you build your team around the significance of the important things that you do daily to make them get the best out of them. And, what the, and, and you nailed it. What you gain is trust, because if you lose their trust, you ain't going to get that effort. If you gain their trust, you can get so much more. Mm. Uh, uh, look, he was so good, mate. He was so good. Obviously, he's he knows what it takes, and the and we talk about it every week with the Warriors identity. How vital is your identity for any team organization? Knowing what you're about, where you come from, 
the different ethnicities, cultures within that and within that team, understanding what they're about. And at the moment, it just felt it seems like the, the, the one of the surprising omissions from that or the key findings from that review was the disconnect between the management and the players. And that is the biggest no-no of them all, that there is separation. And there's a great text message on text text line here. I'm surprised the Black Ferns culture was so poor. The successful Sevens had a great whānau culture with associated success, and their coach was successful with the women's Chiefs team. And that's the biggest question there, and the glaring obvious you know thing right that stands out right there and there is the separation. you got the Black Ferns, and the women's teams, pole opposites. You got the women's team and the sevens nailing their culture, their identity. Uh, you know, got Alan Bunting, he was leading that from the front, and you see the success they have. And then you've got Glenn Moore and Co. just really getting it so, so, so wrong. So, um, yeah, it's alarm bells, Kempi. It is alarm bells, and um, it's it's going to take a hell of a lot of an effort to to get it back to where they are and. Yeah, it's quite sad that this is happening. This is five-time champions, world champions and World Cups like this, and it's and it's not ideal, so, yeah. Yeah, you're right, Izzy. Tough situation. It is gutting. Double eight, double three, or the Ken Atai phone line, 0800 When you look at the Black Ferns in the context of all these recommendations we saw yesterday, how can they perform at the World Cup this year? And where does it recalibrate your expectations or does performance honestly not even matter because there is so much work to do on a human level and you need to win that trust back and the players just need to be able to trust that the environment they in is safe for them and enjoyable enough to actually play rugby. So what do you think? Can they perform? Does it even matter? Let us know. 29 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Some sports headlines coming up after Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Compete in this World Cup. Does it even matter? Love to hear from you or double eight, double three. Professionally, England and France are light years ahead of the Black Ferns as it is. We'll take a lot more than the scrum and backs coats to fix what is clearly shattered. Charlie. Bang. Summed it up beautifully, mate. Hey, Tawara Nico was awesome chat this morning. Uh, and, you know, he wasn't just great on the Black Ferns and culturally where they're gone wrong. He uh, made some good points about the Warriors and where you need to be at the end of the season. You know, one of the things about the Warriors, I think they started to get some consistency, Kempi, you know what I mean, in terms of that. But, you know, as you said, I'll see where they are in, in round 12, which is halfway through the competition. That gives you a good indication of where teams are and how they're performing after 12 weeks in the competition, because that'll give you a bit of a run into the finals. There we go. And uh, it is all about the end of the year, Kempi. You've always said that indeed. Around the world, plenty of sport going on. Tiger Woods, coming off the Masters, says that he's going to play in the Open Championship at St Andrews. I don't know why we would ever doubt him. All right, we asked for your calls on 0800 150 That's the Kennard's higher phone line. And Richie, you have come through observations of a pretty big story in the landscape of sport in New Zealand, mate? Yeah, mate, it, it, it's actually pretty shocking. Um, you know, for, for me, like, I'm, I, I am a Pakeha, but I I love the Māori culture and, and I'm, I'm raising my son and, and teaching him as well as I'm teaching myself. But I, th- I think we can compete at this World Cup. I think what needs to happen is I think mm. they need to have a training camp outside of them. Take it, go somewhere where the media doesn't want to go and, and start earning that trust in each other again. And um, with, you know, like, you know, you, you can change a culture in a team by, by simple things. Mm-hmm. And you can bring in the likes of Kempe and you can bring in, um, you know, people from 
the local Marais and the Iwis and, and the Pacifica. Mm. And I, I think they can re- find their identity again, I thought, but I think they just need to do it away from the media. Um, and, and, and that's no offence to media, but, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's putting a lot of pressure on the, on the team and, and, and the women in the game. And, you know, I love watching um, the women's rugby, the Super Rugby this year. I mm-hmm. thought it was the best thing for New Zealand rugby. And, and I think that's where mm-hmm. the culture's got to start. And, uh, you know... Um, yeah, like I said, just go somewhere where they out of the media spotlight, go and earn the trust, back in the coaching, in the management, and and start with small steps. Um, whether you know it's they the whole team come up with something that they want to perform a new hucker at the World Cup, and have the team input into mm-hmm. it to you know Rich, acknowledging Rich. yeah. Do you, do you think that that the girls can can gain that trust back with Glenn Moore at the helm? Do you think with what's unfolded, there was twenty six deficiencies in that review from Glenn Moore. Do you think he has enough time to build that trust so they can go over and well they they can actually uh, win the World Cup? May uh, it's hard. I, I I don't think that. I I think it's we. I don't. Think he can? He's going to earn their trust back fully, but I think he can earn mm. some. If, 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 like I said, take him away. Take, let's say they go down to the Chatham Islands. They have a big thing, and and he stands up to the all the players and goes, "Hey, I raised my hand. I was wrong. I apologise. Mm. I want to start to start fresh from here. I just think that we're too close to World Cup mm. and to to change coaching mm. and, and, and management." Um, and 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 you see it. You you see how many times the Warriors have changed coaches, and mm. it, it doesn't work out straight away. It's because the players have got to earn someone's trust. Yeah, bang on, Richie. And it's a great point. And that was my gut as well. Like I think Shot, that, I think I think that's a great call. And and you make a good point. I think the players have obviously been asked, and and they can reconcile to the point that he can get them through. But would his contract be re- renewed? Definitely not too sure about that. Bang on about seven girls being different from 15s. As he watched them in Wellington far out, they are tight. They get you fizzing mm. watching them run drills. Uh, Kempi, you you can see that from a mile away. That Olympics team as well. They just had a connection that was very deep and Izzy and well both of you boys there's a great there's a great text here from Daniel about if you've ever played in a team with disconnect and we're going to get to that before the end of the hour I'm sure you've both had experiences of this keep your messages coming through on double eight double three and your calls on 0800 150 811 talking LA Lakers and a little bit of a change attack to some NBA with Michael Duarte after this then back to the Black Ferns before the end of the hour Baz and Izzy for breakfast Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just $3.19. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for Breakfast on SENZ. Yes, Baz and Izzy for Breakfast on SENZ. We're coming up to 17 away from 8. And we're going to do a little Pete Burling and Blair Chook tack left here. And we're just going to get into a little bit of NBA chat before we tack right again back to what's unfolding with the Black Ferns because the text machine has been flying and we love Richie's core on the Kennard Tire phone line. All right, now we're going to talk some NBA. The season started with the newest super team declared. 70 wins floated by the NBA analysis, uh, analysts and passive-aggressive tweets from LeBron James declaring, you wait, we'll show you. Well, the wait is over because the Los Angeles Lakers season is done. Oh, no. Before the NBA playoffs play in games, have even started. It was might be one of the most underwhelming seasons ever. And our man on the ground, NBC LA sports reporter, 
Michael J. Duarte, right in the middle of the Lakers' ex- ex- exit interviews now, and he's been good enough to take our call. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. How is the mood in LA, my friend? Yeah, that's a great question. The mood here is a little <laughs> bit mixed, man. The Lakers right now, they're broken as two couples that sleep in separate beds. You know what I mean? It's just something that uh, is, is not fixable at this time in Lakers land. But at the same time, you know, I think a lot of people are feeling bad for head coach Frank Vogel, who had to be mm. the man to proverbial fall on the sword, so to speak. He was made the fall guy for the most disappointing season in franchise history. And unfortunately, as I just interviewed uh, general manager Rob Palinka uh, on Zoom right before jumping on this call with you guys, you know, he said that the, the blame for this season starts with him at the top for constructing mm-hmm. the roster. Obviously, they got feedback from Frank Vogel, but mostly they got feedback from LeBron James and Anthony Davis and also Rich Paul of Clutch Sports to compose this roster that was just uh, an island of misfit toys that could not fit together and could not function uh, perfectly and the way that they wanted to come Mm. together cohesively. So there are some fans that feel bad for Frank Vogel. I mean, imagine you've dedicated your life and soul to something for three years. You were away from your family living in a bubble for three months. You have the highest of highs winning an NBA championship, the first time you've ever done that in your career. Uh, and then obviously the lowest of lows, a season like this uh, with all these superstars and butting heads with a lot of them throughout the year, injuries mm. and inconsistency and 41 different lineups uh, derailing you. Uh, the, the front office puts a team together with the oldest roster in NBA history, and you're a defensive coach who needs athletic, athletic young guys that can run the court, run the floor, and jump high and, and block shots, and you don't have that. And then you get the blame for it. Even after Frank Vogel uh, contracted COVID at the end of last year and had to be at a hotel away from his family all through Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we forget about mm. that. He ends up being the one who finds out he is fired via a tweet after the final game oh. of the season and was not told by the front office face-to-face until this morning. Uh, I think fans feel for Frank Vogel right now, but are also hopefully looking forward to a uh, a brighter future without him and without Russell Westbrook and some of these older pieces that just didn't fit. Mate, just we've been talking a lot on the show about identity, team cultures, where they come from, understanding the past and the history, the Kobe Bryants, the Magic Johnsons. Do, do you feel like the current situation with, with what's unfolding in LA that they've kind of gone away from the LA Lakers style and, and what they're about? Do you feel like that identity's kind of gone? Well, that's, you know, a style of play can be something as simple as who is the head coach or who are the players and personnel you have on your roster. But a culture, as you're speaking of, that's a little bit different. And I don't know if you guys down there, down under in Kiwiland, get to watch HBO Max, but there's a little show that's on right now called Winning Time about the Showtime-era Lakers led by Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the late 70s into the 80s and that dynasty. And that is a beautiful glimpse and view into how the Lakers came out of one culture where they were a good franchise who was perennially in the NBA finals. But as we know with Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain, mm. uh, they never won the NBA finals. They never beat the, the, the Boston Celtics. They lost to them six times in the 70s. They finally won the title in 1972. 
But it was this new era, new ownership of Jerry Buss, which was we're going to buy the best players. We're going to put on a show. We are located in the entertainment capital of the world in Hollywood, and we're going to act like it. And we're going to hire this new innovative coach and Jack McKinney and eventually led by Paul Westfall and, and Pat Riley. And we're going to have this fast-paced, up-tempo, flashy style of basketball. But, but that's the kind of style you speak of. But moreover, mm-hmm. they got used to winning. They won five championships there in that 79-80 decade. They continued to win with Shaq and Kobe in the early 2000s. So they now have 17 NBA championships, tied for the most in NBA history with those same Celtics. Jerry Buss had a feud with Red Auerbach and the Celtics. He's always wanted to one-up them, so they want to be the team to get that next championship and have one more (laughs) than the Celtics. So that culture you speak of, it is a winning culture defined by championships. And that's the legacy mm. that has been left by Magic Johnson, by Kareem, by Shaq, by Kobe, by Pal Gasol, and let's face it, by now LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So as I spoke to LeBron today a little bit earlier this morning, he said his goal, he's now had four years here at this franchise. That's normally the longest he stays at a team. He is back for next year. It'll be his fifth, fifth year. That's the most he stayed at a team. Obviously Cleveland, but two different four years since. He said... His goal was to win a championship for the Lakers. He did that, but now he wants more. He doesn't know how much, how many years he has left in him, so he wants to win another one, and that's the goal moving forward. So that culture you speak of, it's to get back to the top, get back to championships. So is that the answer, Michael? The answer is right at the beginning of that question from Izzy is like, who is the coach? Shouldn't just give the coaching to LeBron and, and let him get into it straight away. If he wants, to, if he wants to win championships, win it, win it as a player coach. Spend most of your time on the bench because he's doing all the coaching anyway. Yeah, you know that's a, LeBron is the <laughs> star player, the general manager, the coach, the cheerleader, the architect. The you know, and that's what you talk about as far as culture. The culture starts at the top, and there's always been moving pieces, interchangeable pieces in and out of the front office, of the players, of the coaching staff. But when you get into bed to use that analogy I said with a, of a couple who sleeps in separate bedrooms now, when you get into bed with somebody like LeBron James and you become his partner, you're a little bit at the mercy of LeBron James and his team. Now, it worked in your favor. LeBron came into this team that had a collection of young, upcoming stars. They didn't win in LeBron's first year, so he had them all traded away, and he got Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis led them to that championship in that bubble during the pandemic in 2020. And so they reached the mountaintop. They accomplished the goal. Mm. But now you need to do it. And look, our sources from all year, from the offseason last summer, said it was LeBron James and Anthony Davis that told the front office, trade for Russell Westbrook. This was their decision. I believe LeBron James regrets that, not only because Russell Westbrook was not a very good fit uh, for him and Anthony Davis. Uh, He did not acquiesce and change his game the way he needed to and be willing to make sacrifices Mm. to be able to play with those two superstars. He just kind of tried to play the way he's always played. And then also you you got in bed with Anthony Davis, if you're LeBron James, and he was injured. He's missed almost an entire season of games over the last two seasons. And in order for you to reach the mountaintop and get back to winning rings, you need a healthy Anthony Davis. So I think LeBron James will have Mm. his imprint all over the next head coach, to your point and the roster, Mm. as he does in any franchise, he goes and takes over. And the next question is, who's that going to be? And I mentioned to to your guy right before I came on the show, as far as who's the new coach, 
You know, look at Jawan Howard out of Michigan. I know that's his alma mater. He was part of the Fab Four. He probably doesn't want to leave there. He just made a great run to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. But that's a guy that spent years in Miami winning championships with LeBron James. It's a guy that he likes, and it's a guy that he might want to have there. And the last thing I'll say about that coaching stuff, this is a Lakers franchise that three years ago in 2019 – they had a deal with Monty Williams. They let it fall through. He went to the Phoenix Suns. He'll be the coach of the year probably this year. Then you have a deal with Tyrone Liu, a guy that LeBron James definitely likes, who coached yeah. him to a championship in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And also, you, that deal falls apart as well, and you let him go ultimately to the Clippers, where he's having success without superstars there. So the Lakers missed out, on my opinion, on two coaches that could have had this team still at championship level uh, with the roster they have. So you really have to hit a home run and nail this coaching hire. Beautiful, beautiful, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. We know you're a busy man. You're in between interviews. And, well, you gave us some good interviews and some good insights, what, what LeBron's after in the coaching, which, which is going to unfold in the next couple of weeks, mate. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much, Michael. You got it, guys. Stay safe in there. Have a good morning. Have a great show. Love you guys. Thank you. Beautiful. Man, he was good. He was so good. Great to tack left and do a bit of Pete Burling and Blair Chuk talking about the NBA. Oh, love it, love it. Anyway, that was Michael J. Duarte out of the NBC LA Reporter, and he just sharing his little insights on the NBA. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Of the Maggie's Magnesium Range at Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just $3.19. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. All right, we're coming up to 8 a.m. Plenty of your texts here on the Black Ferns, and it's great to see you so interested. I'll give you one text before we head off from Craig. No, it's a bridge too far from the Black Ferns to win this year's World Cup. All we can hope for is that they can work really hard to bring this team together so they can show improvements from their recent European tour. If they get to the semifinals, that will be a huge and massive success. That's from Craig. Craig, me t- I completely agree, and I think it's more about seeing them as a cohesive and happy unit. There's a couple of really good texts here, Izzy, that we're going to get to just after the news with Aroha for Kubota. They're shaping and building New Zealand, and it involves your playing days, and, and you've probably been involved in a range of different cultures, Daggy. Yeah, I have. I have. I've got um, some good stories and, and some good um, you know, experiences from my time playing some pretty special teams, and when things have gone right, and when things have gone right, wrong as well. And so they're pretty much the underlying factors are pretty what pretty much what the Black Ferns have been going through, disconnect and kind of are not a real understanding of where they're coming from. So, yeah, I'll share those after 8 o'clock. But coming up, we're going to have a chat to Baz Skip McCullum. He's over in the IPL. He's over in Mumbai. We're going to have a chat to him. But we love your messages coming through. Even give us a call, 0800-150-811. We're off to track down some McCafe coffees right now. Here's Aloha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ Tuesday, the 12th of April. We're after 8 o'clock. 
Loving the show. Loving everyone's text messages coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three, or even Richie, he rang up on the Kennard Tire phone line. 0800 Give us a call anytime, please. We're loving the conversations about particularly the Black Ferns, what's unfolding with the review going forward to the World Cup. And we had Tawara Nico on the show. League legend, hard man, hard man in the game of NRL. Unlike Kempe, he was in there doing the hard stuff, getting his <laughs> knees dirty, putting in the shots, and Kempe was running around with his nice, long, luscious locks. As he said, oh, we've got to give us a photo, Kempe. You've got to give us a photo for the Twitter. Come on, mate, come on. If you missed that, if you missed that interview, make sure you head over to Baz and Izzy for breakfast uh, on uh, podcast on the SCNZ app, and you'll hear that interview with Tawara Nico, and he spoke about his stories about Kempe. About Kempe when he had long, uh, luscious locks running Izzy, around I remember, for Taranaki. I remember that game, mate. It came out, and they were like big, big Māori boys, you know, with all, all and they all had Tawara's <laughs> mullet haircut. I remember yeah. looking over to him and going, man, that's an ugly bunch of blokes that we're playing today. And um, I knew Tawara, we'd sort of known of each other, you know, I, I was sort of the kid down in Taranaki and he was a kid in, out of Wai, Waikato. But anyway, every time they carried the ball, every time they tackled people, it was like a boxing match, uh, like a tennis match, sorry. You know when you when you get the, like your backhand, your forehand, you go, Ugh! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They would run out, and every tackle when they tackle someone, they go, ah! <laughs> and when they're running past them and they put a feet out, they go, ah! Like that. I was just, I remember just laughing, mate, going, look at these nutters, mate. What are they doing? You oh, know, definitely Uncle the nutters. Man, I love it. <laughs> oh, mate, some of the things we used to do when we were oh. kids. I love it, I love it. Hey, I'm just going to read these text messages before we get off to have a wee chat with Baz. Izzy, did you ever play in a team with a disconnect like the ladies? What happened with your situation? Also part of the conversation has to be, as a professional athlete, you have your own standards, don't you? That's from Daniel. Uh, yeah, great question, Daniel. Yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely 100% been in, a, in an environment uh, when there's been a real disconnect. Um there's been a real lack of identity, understanding what we're about. Um, and, and, the, and the noticeable thing was there was actually a lot of cliques within the team. And, and if you don't know what a clique is, it's just small groups. So you've got the Pacific Island boys, you've got the, the Parker boys, and you've got your mates that you hang out with, the Māori boys. And so there was a real separation within the group. And, and what does that, that, that just creates a real separation on the field too. So not everyone was kind of on the same page when we were out there doing the game and and understanding where they needed to be for their mates. And you just didn't have that real care factor um, for, for each other. So, yeah, I've, I've 100% been in, in teams where it's been like that. We've had the squads. We've had the players that could, could have won every single comp um, to, to, that I was playing in, but we just didn't get it right in the nitty-gritty kind of things. And, and it all starts in the preseason and, and really understanding what the year's about, what's gone before you, why are you playing this? Why do you turn up to work? Why do you turn up to training? Do you just turn up to, to tick the boxes or do you turn up to make a difference and you turn up with an attitude where you really want to be there and you want to make a difference? So, um, yeah, it was a big one like that, uh, Louis. Yeah, and, and I, when you, when you, as you're explaining that, we can all kind of put ourselves into that place, whether it's in a workplace or in a school or a friend group. Mm. And it's actually no different, like, but t I guess in these professional sport environments that uh, desire to achieve and the results-driven nature of it, that's where it starts to get real ruthless 
Do you think, hey Izzy, do you think the All Blacks could be suffering from the same culture and trust issues as the Blackburns? John from Christchurch. I know, I, I like that from John. I think just reading mm. between the lines and seeing what has come out, men and women are completely different people. And you've got to remember the men's game has been professional, John, since 1995. The women's game and the Black Ferns, we're a long way behind the English and the French in the North. And trying to rush the women through into that professional model, which clearly wasn't cut out and right for the players, Kempi, of the Black Ferns. So I think that they're not necessarily two of the same, although you do have to start asking questions about New Zealand rugby because people are people at the end of the day. Well, I think it goes right back to, you know, they are performing in New Zealand at the top of the game, and the All Blacks, like the, the men's team, they're the, they're the, they're the benchmark. Um, unfortunately, the shoe don't fit when it goes to the women's team, and they've tried to put that shoe, that left shoe on a right foot. Um, and what's happened is you've, we've, you've ended up in a review and we started to work out, man, the whole diversity and cultural significance is totally different than what we're experiencing in the all-black team. So they can learn a lot out of it. You know, I, I just look at Lisa Carrington, I was telling you, Louis, in the background. Like, what, what are the problems with sport? They, they think, they don't think laterally enough. They don't think back, like, on your back doorstep. On your back doorstep, you don't just have the likes of, you know, rugby league people like Tawira and myself, but Lisa Carrington, she introduced um, what, it, what, what it meant to her to be Māori to her, with her coach, to mm. the canoe team. And I was talking um, to the coach on a podcast, we did a podcast together, and he basically said that before every... Um, race meeting, they would all meet in the morning, they would get together and have a chat, then they would walk down to the water and they would say a karakia together and it opened their day up and it put and he said it just put them all in the right frame of mind because what they mm. what they were taught before they got to that well um that Olympics was that who they were representing. And they were going down and recognising everything around them and saying that blessing across that so that their day would start nice and in a nice and calm space. So, you know, I think you just got to take the goggles off. You know what I mean? Like the, mm. the polarised goggles that, that say, like, we are the best and we're going to do this and look at what other people have done and take the little snippets, the pieces of gold out of it and add it to, to your side to, to make the difference. Beautiful, Kempi. Beautiful, Kempi. We'll, we'll, we'll tack back to this after this week catch-up. We went and uh, spoke to Bears Skip McCullum out of the Mumbai in India at the IPL. Here's what he had to say. Uh, good to hear from you, brother. Yeah, no, I'm real good, actually. So it's nice to hear you boys are going well back home as well. And the lights are still on, the SCNZ, you know. <laughs> it sounds like you've got it all under control. But, no, nah, everything's good over here. We're, um, as you say, as we've got a week off, um, so trying to do a couple of team bonding things. Um, sort of had a big barbecue tonight down, uh, down on the grass area and under the Mumbai stars, which has been quite good fun, actually. But, no, all good. All good over here. Nice, mate. Nice. And so you've been out on the, on the golf course today, have you? How'd you hit it, mate? You still got it? Well, I actually took this fellow, Ramesh, right? So Ramesh is from Punjab. He started playing uh, well, hardball cricket. So he's played tennis ball cricket his entire career. And he started playing hardball <laughs> cricket four months ago. And we picked him up in the IPL auction via our scouts, which is quite an incredible story. He's come into the group. He's lost 10 kilos through just bowling, pretty much, throughout the entire um, the entire time. And then he's never he's never played a game of golf or anything like that. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. He hardly speaks English either, Ramesh. And, uh, and him and I partnered up today. It was his first swing of the club. His first, uh, on the first hole, he hit it about three inches. Well, on hole 14, he made a par. 
and he had the time of his life, absolute time of his <laughs> life. So it was a pretty cool day, actually. Loved it. Hey, hey, Baz, it's Kempe, no. mate. Is he can't he can't stop talking about how he tells you up on the golf course? He reckons you're an average golf <laughs> golf player. <laughs> but but I, uh, I tend to I tend to I tend to differ because you can you can swing that that piece of wood around with the cricket at the cricket at the crease. So you, know, you you probably got Izzy covered. But hey, take a, take us through it, mate. When you have your barbecue, is there any banter between the Aussies and the Kiwis down there? I know I know the big boy came out and whacked some sixes for you the other day. Was he carrying on like a pork chop, or do you just tell him to calm down? <laughs> uh, good to chat to you, Kempe. Uh, look, I think, firstly, to answer your first question, Izzy is a far better golfer than me, but his etiquette is diabolical. So we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> a cheat. So we'll leave, we'll leave that We'll leave that there. Uh, but in regards to the Aussie-Kiwi thing, well, we've actually got a few Aussie boys on our side. We've got um, David Hussey as uh, my assistant coach. Uh, we've got Pat Cummings, who smacked it the other day, who's the current Australian Test captain. And we've also got Aaron Finch, who's um, the current one-day and T20 captain um, of Australia as well. And then we've got Tim Southey, uh, myself, and Chris Donaldson, who is the trainer as well. So we've got a nice sort of – a nice blend of Kiwis and Australians, but the banter runs rife, lads. Throw a couple of English boys in there as well, and it is all on. Oh, that's kind of – Yeah, that's love kind it. Of one of the, <laughs> That's one of the beauties of the IPL, right? You try and blend together different ethnicities and cultures and and uh, and personalities, and you try and head towards a common goal. And yeah, we've got we've got some good people though. They're, they're good blokes. Pat Cummins is a ripper too, by the way. Yeah, he's an absolute champion, yeah. fella. They call him IPL Pat because he reckon they reckon he never gets any runs when he plays for Australia. He comes over here. He turns into like Chris Gale with the blades. So we'll take it. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> He, he did that the other day, mate. I uh, love seeing him swing that, that willow out there. Hey, um, mate, tell us about where your team's at. You know, Kilkata Knight Riders, they are three three wins from five matches. They're sitting second at the moment. Are you happy with where they are at, or if, is there anything that you feel we can do better or the team can, can do better going into these next couple of crucial matches? Uh, it's a good question, actually, is because that's sort of what I'm – debating in my own head at the moment, you know, your role as, as head coach is to constantly judge the pulse of the group and, and see where things are at. And I've got a real sense of loyalty when it comes to selection, but sometimes you, you've got to look at whether giving someone another game is actually the right option or whether looking elsewhere in your squad's the right option. So we're probably at that stage at the moment where five games in, we've, we've um, you know, we've, we've done well, um, but we've still got a lot of untapped talent throughout the squad, which we might need to sort of integrate over the next little while. So that's kind of where my my head's at at the moment. And uh, one thing I do mm. know is the guys are in a great space and they're blended together really well, which is um, testament to the character of the guys that we've picked and, and the personalities that we've picked. And and hopefully we're able to, um, the next kind of couple of weeks where the, the wickets, they should be at their best. So your best batters and your best bowlers will really come to the fore. As the tournament wears on and the wicket starts to tire, then it becomes a bit more of a level playing field. But this is the time that your big players stand up over the next couple of weeks, so we're just going to make sure that we, we've got them in a good space and they're, they're ready to do their thing. But so far, so good. Hey, Baz, what about downtime? Like, How do you how do you keep them sort of level? Are, are you in lockdown? Do you, you know... Does, what's with so many people out there? What's the support like, and 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 do the players get involved in you know that social side of 
the support or you know we see it we only see it on TV do they then go back and lock themselves down how does that all work yeah it's really interesting Kempi because we're we're on uh, the whole IPL is in a bubble effectively so every team has their own part of the hotel locked locked off and, and sealed away from the general public and all your hotel staff that you have they operate in your bu- bubble as well so we're roughly roughly running about 70 staff per se under KKR but then you've got another probably 50 hotel staff which um, you know you sort of you're kind of in charge of for the for the couple of months to try and make sure morale's high amongst all of them as well so that's quite a unique scenario to have to deal with um, I guess India playing cricket in India has always been a bit of a bubble because the guys are such big stars over here they just can't they can't really go out and go to a restaurant and not be kind of accosted by the fans and which is great, but um, that's just that's what it's like over here. So that has its challenges, no doubt. I guess the key for us is it is what it is. We can't really do anything about it. We try and have as much fun as possible. Um, I think I said before that one of my big jobs is just try and keep morale high amongst the group um, and and also not really talk too much about the bubble stuff because it, you know, the more mm. you talk about it, the more it consumes you and the more you sort of become... Um, a little bit paralysed by it. So we just try and have a good time, get everyone together and have a few laughs and a few jokes and, and try and make sure that it's a memorable experience um, off the field um, and, and try and provide opportunity on the field. Yes, beautiful, Baz, beautiful. What about the other side of your, your life, mate? We know you love a wee little dabble and you, you love the horse game, but like us, we've been having a wee go over here and getting an absolute hiding. It's been horrible. But um, <laughs> have you been watching a bit of the GGs, on, on, you know, a bit of the horses? We had the big Queen Elizabeth stakes over the weekend and thinking over just the run of a lifetime winning that one. But what have you been ride. watching a wee bit? Mm. Yeah, phenomenal ride that. That's how ballsy was that, you know? Like, just say, <laughs> yeah. damn the torpedoes, I'm going wide. You all stick to the inside, and I'm going to see how things line up. I thought that was an amazing ride by, by Rawilla. But, yeah, I've, I've watched a little bit. Um, I haven't had much of a punt, to be honest, which is good. Mm. You know, every now and then, as yeah. you've said, you've got to take a little yeah. holiday, and you just got to yeah. you just got to appreciate what, what punting's all about. So that's been good. Um, and I noticed our horse as well, Izzy, has gone, yeah. has moved from the pre, um, the, uh, what was it, pre-training farm to the main, uh, the main stable yeah. of Chris Wallace. So there's a little watch for everyone out there as well. Oh, first class, eh? <laughs> it turns left, eh? That one. <laughs> left or right? It, ter- it definitely turns left, Wallace. <laughs> hey, um, oh, I hope so. it turns right, it's cooked. Yeah, you didn't get any of the. You did. You did that's right. Yeah, I've had plenty of those bears. Um, hey, you didn't. T- you didn't t- turn into the uh, golf and see the. The six dollar shot Scheffler into Cam Smith. What were you? What do you think about the the um, the golf, Bez? Well, I tried to watch it, but the timing, Kempi, was like sort of. I think it finished about three o'clock in the morning most nights, and you know when you've cracked open the bottle of whiskey about one, you know, three o'clock's a bit deep. So <laughs> I only, I kind of had to catch had to catch a few of the highlights um, most of the time. But what I loved was the whole. Um, following of Tiger Woods, you know, like, and there was mm. a bit of an alpha mm. play as well. I thought from Rory McIlroy, just don't forget about me, you know, like sort of all these crowds yeah. came to watch Tiger, and he's the biggest, the biggest, baddest star out there. And Rory just sort of putting his hand up late, saying, 
she's don't forget about me i'm i'm the future sort of thing but i thought it was pretty cool but she's old scottish heffler so what 48 days or something he went from winning his first pga to to becoming world number one that is phenomenal but he looks yeah. like he's got a nice temperament eh? and an often. He's very, very good. They had a power play, Bears. Uh, Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler to make the top 10 paying six bucks. So you know Daggy got oh. a piece of that one. And, uh, yeah, it was good. They yeah. were leading the whole entire time. They needed it. Easy money. <laughs> I needed it. Straight up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, my nose is just oh, out of the hole. I'm just breathing again. But that's all right. We're back. We're back. Got a bit of bit of money to have a wee play with. Um how the hell the Kiwi lads? Just before we let you go, have you caught up with, caught up with Flem and, and, you know, your good mate Flem, how's he going? Yeah, I saw the governor the other day. He was in good form, actually. Um, his team's <laughs> struggling somewhat, but he'll thrive on that challenge, you know. Love the fact that he's got to step up and try and bring them out of the fire and he'll do a good job, you know. They'll find a way. So, yeah, it was good to catch up with him. Seen a couple of the other boys, like... Uh, Seifert and Bolte, Jimmy Neesham, um, Daryl Mitchell. Seen all those boys over the last little while too. So, yeah, it's been cool. I think Kiwis are held in pretty good regard over here. Um, so it's nice to see them doing well. Lockie Ferguson's done well too. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been really cool actually. But missing you fellas, I will say, you know. Hey, yeah. Bez, hey, Bez, the hard what, and all. Hey, Bez, what are you going to do, mate? You're like, you're bringing back a crowbar to get me out of the seat or, you know, are you filled enough paper bags, you think, to to fill my pockets? What's what's going to happen? Oh, let's just see what everyone says, you know. Like, we'll just see where it lands. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mate, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, I still turn right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a champion. <laughs> oh, good man, Bezza. Well, we appreciate it, mate, and... Uh, yeah, you know what? I actually quite like that that uh, that Flem struggling. He's been sitting on his goal throne for too long. Every time I see him at Clearwater, the the king's rolling around the fairways just to see a little bit of, yeah, just a little bit of downside to to the CCK, mate. That'll be be, be good fun. Anyway, uh, we we appreciate you coming on, bro. We uh we miss you, and we're always constantly thinking about you. Doing well with KKR. Keep it up. You got a big couple of nine weeks ahead of you. And um, we look forward to, to getting you back on shortly, bro. Take care, eh? Take care, Bez. Bye. Bez and Bez, Izzy. Keep ripping it up and love you lots. Miss you. See you, boys. Thanks, Joe. Just come swinging over the top there. <laughs> Miss you too, Bez. Absolutely great to catch up with our skip, Bez McCullum. Uh, he sounds like he's doing really good work. And Izzy, how about IPL Pat? What a nickname. IPL Pat, yeah, it was a great, great little nickname. Now, it was good to hear from uh, Skip Bears over there in, in uh, Mumbai, India. He is, um, you know, doing what he's got to do with the KKR team. We do miss him here, but he's a busy man, so it was awesome to catch up with him, bud. Yeah, and Kempi, he's not going to use a crowbar. He's going to use a forklift, mate, because your arms are getting too big. <laughs> he's just going put, to put it under there. All right, Daggy, you're off. What do we got tonight? Hurricanes, Moana Pacifica. What's the score prediction, mate? Ah, uh, Hurricanes, Moana Pacifica. I think the Hurricanes will be too good. I think they'll probably, yeah, 20. Like, you got to think Moana Pacifica have played storm weeks pretty much four weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. They've had a midweek game every single week. So they've had to go deep into their squad. I think it'll be just a bit too much of an ask for them. And the Hurricanes, are ch- yeah, I'll be pretty angry after after Saturday afternoon when, when the right call was made in that last minute. So, <laughs> yeah. what, was your bet, what was your bet last time they played us? What was your bet? I think you said 50-plus, didn't you? 
<laughs> yeah, I did. I Mate. did. I said, well, I said Hurricanes by 20 and they'd lost. Yeah, so, no, no. They, they yeah. get them by more than 20 what tonight. What do I know? They 100% get them yeah. more, than, more than 20 tonight after the last two weeks. They are going to be fizzing tonight and it'll all come together and the Hurricanes are going to smash them. Yeah. All right. Well, that's excellent. Mm. Izzy, you want to have a safe flight up to the capital, mate? Uh, yeah. Kimpy. Great show, team. Loved it. There we go. Don't worry. I'll carry you, Pelicans. You don't go anywhere until the forklift rolls up. 24 minutes past eight. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Baz in Mumbai and Izzy off to the airport. (laughs) Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Nine and a half past eight. It's been decided. We're off to the race at Cambridge Raceway on... Thursday, Selfishord's drawn wide. If he wins, it's going to be in spectacular fashion. Uh, he's a bit short in the market, I think, via that draw. But to get down there, Kempi, um, we're going to have to take a car. I think you've drawn the short straw and you're putting your uh, really? 90, 95 Suzuki uh, Swift up for the trip down. And Joe is going to drive it. Yeah. Apparently, every time he hops in a car, he crashes it. So just, you know, take it easy, Joe. You must be nervous. Mum, just make sure you bring the letter from your mother to say you're okay yeah, to drive it. Mum's not going to let me drive down, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I actually, you know, I'd actually be quite keen to get in the car with Aroha because the way she talks about Formula One, and we're coming up to the news, the Aroha, on the other side, I'm going to figure out how what sort of driver she is because the way she talks about Formula One. Heavy foot. I reckon lead foot and brakes late. 29 away from you know, nine. We'll confirm. Neck brace. After this, here is Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand and she'll stay on with us for a little bit afterwards. SCNZ, we are 27 and a bit away from 9 o'clock. Paul Mawati, not far away. Great to catch up with Baz and hear how he's going out of the IPL. Uh, he's got the Kolkata Knight Riders locked in. We're probably at that stage at the moment where five games in. We've, we've done well, um, but we've still got a lot of untapped talent throughout the squad, which we might need to sort of integrate over the next little while. So that's kind of where my, my head's at at the moment. And uh, one thing I do know is the guys are in a great space and they've blended together really well, which is testament to the character of the guys that we've picked and, and the personalities that we've picked. Lots of Kiwis, lots of Aussies and a few Englishmen as well. If you're waking up today and you haven't checked out the recommendations the panel put together to look into the Black Ferns have come up with, I highly encourage you to go and, and get in uh Wherever you want to go, get your your full news. I'd have a, l- a long read of it if you're a New Zealand sports fan because it hits on a lot of key messages for I think we're going to see as women's sport continues to grow. And I think a lot of women's sporting organisations will be watching this very carefully in the makeup of who the people in the Black Ferns affected were and how New Zealand rugby monitor this one moving forward. In a Rugby World Cup year where they are a long way off the pace professionally, so that's the probably the breaking news of the day. Not so breaking news is that Kempi's going to let Joe drive his car down to Cambridge for the race. Aroha, I was wondering what sort of driver you are because you're right into your Formula good One. one. Thank you. Lead and foot? No, I don't think you can use the words lead and heavy when you're talking about women's anything. I don't think that's okay anymore. <laughs> There's just been a review. Oh. Come on. Okay. So I do, what I want to know is do you like driving fast? In your shoe. I, I do not. I do not condone the driving of cars past the speed limit 
on New Zealand roads. But if you want to go and hire out a racetrack, I love driving as fast as I possibly can without <laughs> destroying things. I used to race cars when I lived in Brazil, but I wasn't supposed to be. Sorry, hold on. What? That feels like, a, yeah, well, just drop that one in. They used to race cars when you lived in no. Brazil. Who said that? Um, when this is Dom Toretto? Like, what, who are you? Was, well, I was, yo- I was young. That, that's almost an impossible sentence. I have been young and not very smart, but Dad used to race Speedway, and I never understood why there was anything wrong with racing vehicles. Hey, Aroha. I know I better a, now. I've got a question for you. You've been listening to the review this morning from the, oh, yeah, it's the been, NZRU. Oh. What, what are your thoughts? <sighs> As a woman who has played sport at a relatively high level, but not the highest level like you and Izzy, I've never represented my country. I ended up having a 24-year-old giant child instead. And I've always had coaches who were men at the highest level, and in age groups I had women coaches. Um, Softball is a sport played by men and women in New Zealand, and the elite coaches always ended up being... Men, and I always felt like a lot of our men coaches in softball actually dealt with women okay, but there was a lot of misogyny. And in when I when I watch women's sport growing, I kind of have to think, you know, if I had a daughter, would I want her to be playing in the same environments that I played in when I was playing representative softball? And the answer is no. There's this real grime culture that was also associated with high level sport that I don't think is talked about enough. Um, They talked about body shaming and a lack of communication. And one of the things that's hardest for women to talk about is actually just being women. Like we we are women who have children who have um, different bodily functions. And that shouldn't be a tough conversation. It should just be as normal as you guys talking about prostate cancer today on the radio. Those sorts of things in terms of a coaching environment need to be incorporated as much as they are in a health environment, in any other kind of environment. I don't think those things can be catered to by a coach who doesn't have empathy for women. Yeah, and that's something that we, uh, KPI and Izzy, can't, yeah, we can't we can't get our head around that and whenever we'll be able to. So it's interesting to hear your perspectives. And being brown. And being brown was really different um, in, in different sports. So mm. uh, there's a, there is a lot of class in sports, so different different socioeconomic demographics go to different sports. So softball was notoriously full of brown people where, where I grew up and the netballers were not so saturated. So there was, a, a, there was class, there's socioeconomic um, boundaries and when you're Māori and you are being called the, you, oh, you, you girls are the, the, the bat swingers, eh? You know, because you're brown, you, you laugh it off because you have no other choice because you, you're not in the position of power. What might have been funny in the 80s, Dad, isn't anymore. It seems like the, the uh, maybe the Black Ferns environment grossly underestimated the diversity within their playing groups. What about this text here, Aroha? No, I'm trying to – like, I think this is – I've been reading it a couple of times. It's from Matt, and I think what Matt's trying to say is – he, it's an interesting question. I'll, I'll put it. I'll leave out a couple of words. In regards to the report, when you get into the nitty gritty, how do you respectfully tell players that have poor attitudes and turn up to training camp out of shape that they might be affecting the wider squad's performance? It seems like the senior players in the group need to t- take charge of this part. Just because they are women, 
and they are women, and it doesn't mean they can be. It doesn't mean they can't be critiqued, especially in that high level environment. But clearly, the criticism needs to be handled differently. What do you make of that, Aroha? And is there? I heard. A- I heard the word shape, and I heard just because they're women. Why was it about shape, and why was it? Why was he not phrasing it as fitness? That's one of the issues that get that gets overlooked. I, th- I think pers- personally, and I'll, I'll keep this as short as I can. I think the word high performance is used. Um, willy nilly, because there isn't high performance, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, in the purest sense at 100%. Uh, and give you an example, uh, I developed a condition called Crohn's in my 20s. All right, I never knew that. I didn't know that till I was in my 40s. Um, but I'd go to training some days. I just didn't feel like training, mm. and and I was always, you know, some days I feel like training, and I'll train the house down. And other days I'd go to train. I just didn't want to train. I just want to go to sleep. Now. A high-performance athlete would know that, and and the, and the, and that question about fitness, you don't know if you don't screen. And I've I've been advocating this when you go when you go and screen. Let's say you do a, a combine for players, you're screening them for fitness, aren't you? You're screening them for strength and speed and agility and short twitch fibers. Like what they should do with a combine first and foremost is do a health check. Like do a mental health check and do a physical health check and find out all the problems so that you can get the best out of your athlete. Because if you knew that that athlete had Crohn's, then you would account for it um, appropriately. And I think that you can't throw a net over a wide bunch of people and say you all should look the same, you all should train the same, because that will never, ever happen. Yeah, bang on, Kemp, you're very well put. And I think Matt's, I think, and you're right, some sketchy language there, Aroha, and um, I think Matt, what Matt was trying to say was they need to be critiqued and they should be cr- criticised because they are a national team. How do you do that differently? Um, but there is some language there which is part of the, it's systemic and it is part of the problem. It is a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? So I don't know. We'll work this one out and that's for New Zealand Rugby to look at. They've now got these recommendations, how they implement them is up to them and they'll be hoping they can do so fast uh, to turn around the not just the performance of this team but also uh, exactly, well, well to look after their people, and that's the most important thing. 19 away from nine, Paul Mawati, and we might get a follow-up thought from Araha and not too far away. Need to hit this break. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Kempi, Louie, and Araha here through till nine o'clock. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Quarter to nine, Ian Smith coming up after 9am, uh, and then it's... Well, Staffy into the afternoon, SCNZ all day here. Paulie Mawadi, tab.co.nz is your place for hundreds of sports markets. It was Scotty Sheffler. You guys dodged the massive bloodbath of Cam Smith winning the Masters. Well done to you, Paul. So uh, you'll be sleeping. You would have slept a little bit easier last night. Uh, yeah, well, I enjoyed the golf, you know, to be fair. I thought Scotty Scheffler um, probably played the best over the four days of uh, any other player and, and thoroughly deserved the victory. Um, Cam sort of... He had a go in that final round, but um, putting it in the water on uh, the, the aiming corner, the par 3 12th, um, just absolutely stopped his charge. And unfortunately for Rory, he was just too far back at the start of the day, even though he had a sensational, what was it, a 8-under 64 in the final round. So Scotty Scheffler, number one golfer in the year, uh, in the world at the moment, uh, and Masters champion, thoroughly deserves it. Um, and it's just been a rapid, rapid rise 
uh, by Scotty Schiffler. So really, really happy for the guy. Yeah, historic speed that he's got to this part of his career, faster than Tiger. Um, those four wins coming since he made that Ryder Cup team and kicked John Rahm's ass, who just couldn't really come back this week, which is a little bit surprising. So we a bit of a break now until it's the PGA Championship next and host of the Cutline podcast, Paul Mawadi, podcast host. He's a, a punt man. Just an all-round great guy, Kempi. I mean, you... Bears might be worried about crowbarring you out of the seat. I can't, well, I can't wait to go and have a beer with you, Paulie, because we're going to make plenty of money that day. You're just, you know, like a, oh, what do you call that? An almanac of, of, of future wins. Of so. all things punting. Are you coming to the race, Paulie? Are you going to be on site? Are you going to be like a bookmaker on site trying to get some, um, I don't know, get some turnover on track? Surely. Surely the TAB will be sending you to Cambridge. They're not letting me out of the cupboard. I'll give you the tip now, big guy. They, I'm, I'm locked away. It's like uh, like when the old carriage turns into a pumpkin. They don't let me out after midnight uh, on a Thursday or Friday here. So yeah. I'm, I'll be here and I'll be watching. And I can tell you, I'll just have a look at the market. I can tell you there's been a wee bit of action uh, on a number of runners in the race. Number two, Ultra Orlando at $12. Um, but the best race, obviously, is yours, self-assured, but second best back, Krug, at $14. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the money's on you, you boys, self-assured, mm. but there is a wee bit of action about Krug at 14 Okay, Paulie. Oh, that makes me nervous because that draw is very, very tough. We'll talk to you tomorrow, uh, mate, back to your regular time. Bump back up the order in the Kolkata, Kolkata Night Riders batting order, mate. Um, till then, stay well, stay out of trouble. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Yeah, and don't forget, Hurricanes, Moana Pacifica tonight. We've got a same-game claim and a bonus back a promotion on that game. Starts just after 7 o'clock tonight. Canes, Moana Pacifica, seven the Canes, seven fifty Moana Pacifica, taking a $1,000 bet on the Canes this morning at seven. Mm, that's, uh, that was easy. Uh, TV.co.nz, <laughs> markets, hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Here's a text to wrap us up. That was Paulie Mawadi. Here's a text to wrap us up before we get to Smithy. Aroha's pronunciation of the Māori language is awesome. My favourite is pai kokariki. Pai kakariki. That's uh, from Richard. Thank you, Richard. He's been very impressed with you, Aroha. That's nice to know that someone's impressed with me. Sometimes when you open yourself up, you open yourself up to a bit more than being impressed. Yeah, like we get lots of that, Gimpy especially. Um, Do you get trolled? <laughs> the Warriors <laughs> like I don't even look at it. I don't, I don't even look at it. The, you know, oh, I, call, I, I call them Columbus, um, the Warriors Columbus lot because they're all got an eye patch on. Um, so, but, but hey, that's fine. I, look, Cyclops. I, it doesn't, yeah, that's, well, you know what a Cyclops is and what it means. And I, you know, I don't really care. If you're, you're, too, you're totally entitled to your opinion, and I and I love that about our sports oh, people. They're so passionate. I love that about you, Kimpy. All right, Aroha, to put a bow on this for our show this morning, and it has been the news of the day, you would have seen the reaction. Just any final thoughts around the Black Ferns and, and where they go from here and how that they can actually rebuild that environment? You've heard it all and seen it all this morning. I want to try and keep this short and use word economy because we could talk about it for the next 12 years and there'd be no progression. But the first thing that startled me was that in the report, it sounded like Tekura had to justify going on Instagram, make, making her social media post, 
that there had to be some sort of justification that she was so upset and um, her health was so bad that she was forced onto social media to use that as a way of dealing with the situation. I don't think she needed to justify any of her actions at all. And the first concern should have been not, oh my gosh, you went on social media and you've brought us into disrepute. The first concern should have been, are you okay? How do we help you? That was my biggest concern. And a lot of people are saying, oh, people are getting soft in sport. You know, Kempe's just explained, you know, he doesn't care about trolling. There is a certain toughness that you need to have in sport. But I think anyone who's ever played it in very competitive sporting atmospheres knows that the very best coaches and leaders are the very best for a reason. And it's because they bring everything they need to the table. And women are women and you cannot be derogatory and you have to be respectful and you have to know that what women bring to the table is special and not cause to be ridiculed, which is what I think they could have. And this whole invest I'm just celebrate the fact that it's been investigated and it's been openly Oh, it's courageous. It's a courageous step from Takura to, to do what she, she'd done. I just think, like, you know, the, we've, just come, we've just come forward so, uh, so fast with the, in the, I guess, the invention of the mobile phone. Let's, mm. let's start that. You know, remember going to the red box and putting your six cents in to phone people. Smithy would know, Smithy would know that. Maybe he had to travel down there to the phone box to ring up in a rural property some of your friends. But these days, you basically carry around a computer in your hand. And I'll take you back to Shaq O'Neill. So when Shaq O'Neill retired, he didn't, he didn't call a media conference. He had 400 million followers on his social um, pages and he, he announced it through the social media. And what Takura done was had that social, I guess, um, the smarts about saying, hey, this really needs to be said. And, and, and it wouldn't have happened overnight, I guarantee you, she would have been thinking about it for, for days, oh. if not weeks, and gone, enough's enough, someone needs to be courageous enough to say it. Yeah, bang on, Kimpy. The secondhand anxiety um, is real, and, and that's imagine how she was feeling. Imagine how she's feeling this morning. Hopefully she feels okay, and hopefully she feels like this is going to be something really good that comes from this. New Zealand rugby, as I keep saying, have a lot to work through, so we will follow and hold them accountable. Appreciate all your messages on this sensitive so- uh, top- topic this morning, double eight double three and on 0800 150 811. It's been quite awesome to see some of your very mature responses And, um, yeah, the thoughts of all wahine playing sport around New Zealand are with us this morning as we try to make environments better for them. Six and a half away from nine o'clock, Smithy, after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.